0: UBC Saints, it's time for the Word of God this morning, and so if you could bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we worship you in so many ways. Lord, that we've had a chance to worship you in song, that we've worshiped you in in giving, Lord, and we've worshiped you as we take in communion together, Lord, and now we we worship you as we go into your Word. Lord, we thank you for Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday day to just celebrate the most important day for us as believers so we we just pray that you would just take over this service holy spirit speak through me this morning through your word and uh, speak to our hearts minister to people that are maybe listening in and aren't part of our church and but they just need a look and a word and a touch in jesus name so lord just just glorify yourself the rest of this time the rest of this morning we pray in jesus name amen amen I've titled this message this morning from the book of Luke. We're going to be in Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. But the title of our message is God's Unexpected Easter Word. And if you hear nothing else today, if you remember nothing else today, I hope and pray that you will leave here knowing, remembering, and believing that the message of Easter, the proclamation of Easter, the joyous news of Easter begins and ends with one little word the word but. I know some of you are laughing at home and going, what is he saying? But it's a word that shouldn't be here. It shouldn't be there. And it's a word that doesn't belong there, but it's a word that seems out of place there. But it's very important to the scripture that we're going to read. You've often heard Pastor Alan talk about the buts of scripture, the but God moments of scripture. And that's what today is going to be about. And um, this week, Holy Week, I pray that you've had a good uh, time of reflecting and spending time with the lord and his word and in prayer i pray that you've maybe seen some movies about the crucifixion of christ i, I remember one of those movies that were was so powerful to me was the movie the passion the passion of christ and you know if you've seen that movie that it shows the reality of Jesus' gruesome suffering and his death on a cross and jesus towards the end of the movie he cries out to the father and he says it is finished the end and then Jesus breathed his last. The end. And then it says he bowed his head and he died. The end. And 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 then in the scriptures, there's all that follows is this brief eulogy about Jesus of Nazareth, offered by all people, the captain of the guard who had been in charge of his execution and death. In Matthew chapter twenty seven, verse fifty four. It says that when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified, and they exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. That's a fine thought, Captain. But now, of course, it's too late, for Jesus is dead. The end. The end of the story of Jesus the Christ except for a paragraph that describes what happened whenever a person dies, and that is the funeral arrangements. It says there was a man, named, a man named Joseph from the town of Arimathea. He was a good and honorable man. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And the women who had followed Jesus from Galilee went with Joseph and saw the grave and how Jesus' body was laid in it. Jesus is dead and buried. The end. They all went home. The end and the story finishes. Now, wait a minute. I don't believe that that's the reason you came here today, is it? That's not why you're here today. Even if this is the only time you come to worship at UBC during the course of the entire year, that is not what you want to hear right now, is it? Well, that's good because that's not the end, it's only the beginning. Because the story of Jesus didn't end with his death. It didn't end with Good Friday. The story of Jesus goes on. Amen? Amen. As I've been saying today, and we're going to hear this over and over again today, Jesus has risen. Jesus has risen indeed. And so let's go on with this story. And I'm going to start out from the book of Luke 24. And we're going to use this word, but, in, in this passage and see what happens. But keep in mind, sometimes it's clearly stated in the text, but other times it's simply implied. So starting with verse 1, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices and they, that they had prepared and went to the tomb. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But they entered. But they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wandering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women... Bow down their, with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then they remembered his words. I tell you, that, that word doesn't belong here. Entire paragraph does not belong there, but the whole count really doesn't belong there. The reality is heads must turn today, hearts must skip a beat today, because the one word in the story, that one word changes everything. It changes our lives today and changes today into a celebration. It changes our fear of COVID-19. It changes eternity. In churches all over the world today, there is a celebration going on because of this but God moment. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most important event in all human history. It proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is God. Every other spiritual leader, teacher, and guru stayed in the grave after they died. Muhammad, Buddha, and all the others, they remained dead. But only Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Amen? As you deal with your fears this morning, brothers and sisters, you deal with your fears... About dying from COVID nineteen, about your guilt, about your doubts. I want you to try on that word. When we come to God each week and we confess, "I've sinned against You in thought, word, and deed by what I've done, by what I've left undone." I want you to look and say, "What does God, God's word says?" It says, "But Almighty God, in His mercy, has given us His Son to die for you, and for His sake forgives all your sins." And you and I are forgiven. We're forgiven. Now, Pastor Mark, you might ask, how can I know for sure that God has forgiven me all my sins? and That he's not going to damn me to hell. Well, what does the God, word of God say? John three sixteen, probably the most familiar verse in the world. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. Know that and believe it. Pastor, you might say, I want to serve the Lord. Yet looking at my life, looking at who I am, how can I possibly, how can God possibly use me in his service? But what does the word of God say? This is, this is a scripture that, that Elder Doug just shared with us a couple weeks ago from 1 Peter. 1 Peter Chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it says this about us. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You are somebody special to God, and he wants to use your gifts in talents, and his service, brothers and sisters. Many of you, most of you, know my testimony. You know, and I've shared from this pulpit that you know there was a time that I wasn't walking with the Lord. There's time I didn't know Him. There's time that I was living in Evanston, shacking up with a lady there, and in a messed up relationship. I, I told you that that we were the couple that you called. Uh, the police on to Popo at 3 in the morning because they they're fighting again. And we we're making up and breaking up and just back and forth. And, you know, if it wasn't for grace and love of people in this church, I don't know where I'd be. I remember Pastor Tim Larkin actually taking me in and allowing me to live at this church because I couldn't go back home. I was that close to living on the streets of Uptown. He let me stay in this makeshift apartment that they had in the church wasn't really an apartment, but it was a place that kept me off the streets. And, and he not only led me out of that relationship and got me in a healthy place, he led me to Jesus. And so, if God can save me, if God can use me, if God can redeem me, he can do the same thing for you. You are his chosen people, royal, royal priesthood. Just remember that. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Pastor, you, you might say, even though I believe, I'm afraid of death and dying. How do I know that I shall live again? Many of us are dealing with that fear of death and dying these days, right? Death has become very real for us. But you and I, we, we do not have to fear the way the rest of the world fears. That scripture I read earlier, Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus said it. He says, I am the living one. I was dead and behold, now I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death in Hades. In other words, Jesus has authority and power over death. He conquered death. Therefore, we as believers don't need to fear death or, or, or hell or death because Christ holds the keys to both. Praise the Lord, everybody. That's how you know. Now back to the scripture, verses 9 to 11. You know, unfortunately, the word of God also tells us that the news of the resurrection was not accepted or bleed by everyone. In verse 9, it says, When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven. These are Jesus' disciples to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Here's that word but again, but not in a positive sense this time. The apostles don't believe. Do you accept, do, do you, do you, my question is, do you accept the news of the resurrection, namely that Jesus Christ is, is dead, but not, but not dead, but alive? Do you believe the news of the resurrection of Christ? Or do you still live as though the news of the resurrection is nonsense? Because let me tell you, if Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead, if Jesus Christ has not risen, as he said, if Jesus is not alive right now, this very moment, then all your sins, past, present, and future, have not been and will not be forgiven. That's what the Bible says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 14 to 15, Paul says this, If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is a delusion you are still lost in your sins. I'm afraid a lot of people, perhaps some of you, have been living as though Jesus Christ is not the Son of God. As though he's not the Savior of the world and is not alive and well in the Lord and Lord of all. I'm afraid that the resurrection of Jesus Christ makes no difference to a lot of people today. Well, I think people are waking up. Frankly, next week, the week after that, many people, perhaps some of you, live, may, will live and act as though Jesus was indeed still dead and buried in the ground. Now, that might seem harsh, but I say it in love because we won't see you next week or the next week after that. Some of you we might not see until next Easter or Christmas. That's why we call people, we have a nickname in the church, we call them Christers. They come for Christmas and they come for Easter. And I have to tell you, I want to challenge you. Don't think like that. Don't treat the Lord like that. Don't live like that, as though the resurrection of Jesus Christ makes no difference in your life. As though Jesus is dead and buried, as though Jesus is still in the grave. Because if you live your life like that, you're missing out on so much. You're missing out on the regular good news of forgiveness of your sins. You're you're missing out on comfort in times of sorrow, like now. You're missing out on the peace that you can have that can guard your heart and mind that transcends all understanding. Help and trouble, hope and doubt, life and death. Don't waste your life like that. Well, fortunately there were those who did believe the news Those women brought from the empty tomb, which which said that Jesus was alive. Let's finish the rest of the text, starting with verse 11. The scripture reads, But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed like them nonsense. But Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. And bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying, lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Go back home today amazed at what has happened. Jesus is not dead, but he's alive. Jesus is not in a tomb, but he's risen from the dead. Jesus is not buried in the ground, but rules the heavens forever. Christ has risen, people. He's risen indeed. You see, the story of Jesus didn't end with his death. The story of Jesus didn't end with Good Friday. The story of Jesus Christ goes on. He goes on today in and through us that trust in him. We not only save a Savior that died on the cross for us, but we also serve the resurrected living God. As I said earlier, Jesus in Revelation 1:18 says, I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. Our Savior, our Redeemer lives. Amen? So in summary, I want to challenge all of us to live victorious, resurrected Christian, the resurrected Christian life that God has called us to. You see, Christ not only came to save us from death, but he called us to live this new resurrected life for him now and in eternity. That's John 10.10. The gift of salvation is too good to not give away. and We need to commit as believers, especially in this time suffering in our nation, to offer it to as many others as possible i've been challenging you to ask the lord ask the holy spirit to guide you and lead you in who you should call and i've been hearing testimonies of people that you've reached out to some have reached out to you that you haven't heard from in years and they're like an open book we were sharing testimonials last night in 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 prayer and, and many of you are sharing we were sharing what what is god doing what are some positive things god's doing during this trying time? And I remember one of you sharing that Bibles, Bible sales are up 75%. People are buying Bibles. people, But they need help to know how to read them and understand them. So call your friends. Reach out to people. Comfort them. Minister to those that are grieving lost ones. And offer that gift of salvation. John three sixteen. Oh, I want to say this. Lastly, in closing. That one word, God's unexpected Easter word, it changes everything. It changes how you and I think and act. It changes how you live. It changes how you die. God, in his great mercy, answers death with this. But we shall live again in and because of Jesus. John 3.16, I want to close with that. We're going to pray in just a moment. John 3.16 again says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life know that and believe it all we need to do all we need to do is repent to repent means to say i'm sorry from our sins to admit that we're sinners and then it means to turn from your sin and turn to jesus in faith inviting jesus asking him for forgiveness of your sins and inviting jesus and in your heart as your Lord and your Savior. He's the one that will lead your life. He's the one that will guide you. And then acknowledging him before others. And the Bible says you will be saved. Because of the resurrection, we that trust in him will be raised from the dead to live in eternity with him. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your, your grace. Thank you for your goodness. I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people this morning. I pray, Lord, there might be people here today that are listening to this message that might turn from their sins and just admit their sinfulness to you and ask for forgiveness, repent and ask for forgiveness of their sins. And Jesus invites you and you are knocking on the door right now. And it's as simple as inviting you in, as recognizing you as their Lord and Savior. They can have peace, a peace that is beyond the circumstances that we're enduring in this world. And they can spend eternity with you. For those of you, those of us that already know that, I pray that we would commit ourselves to living in that peace and not give in to the anxiety around us. So we give you the glory, Lord. Go with us as we go. And Lord, use us on the mission field, even though we can't Go to people's homes, even though we can't physically be the church. Lord, we are still the church. Use us. Pray for your glory. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.